Welcome to the Life and Times podcast with your host Lloyd Phillips. This is a podcast that's put on for the people, by the people, of the people. I, to be honest, I think I'm the only people. It's all. It's really just going to be me, probably, and uh, occasionally maybe some other people, but. Welcome back to the Life and Times podcast. I'm your host, Lloyd Phillips. And, uh, you know, we'll get to our episode right after a word from our sponsors. Boxing Bear Print Company. You can reach them at BoxingBear.com. Boxing Bear is an independent art studio and print company located in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Since 2011, the studio has stocked alternative art prints and paintings for its loyal customers and friends. And right now, if you subscribe to their mailing list, you can get 20% off. I mean, I'd go hit them up. As a matter of fact, these guys made my infamous podcast logo, which I'm still very much appreciative of. So go check them out at BoxingBear.com. Our next sponsor is The Cookie Barn. You can reach them at TheCookieBarnWaco.com. So they're an online cookie company, and they have a pickup location, and they'll deliver locally in the Waco, Texas area, but they also ship nationwide. So you can order for birthdays, anniversaries, reunions, showers, or just really any occasion, uh, or just enjoy them yourself. So they specialize in company and client relations, and they have discount pricing. So let your clients know and your customers know that you're thinking about them, and you appreciate their business. Also, with every purchase, you'll be satisfied knowing that you're supporting an amazing nonprofit organization and they help foster and adoptive families. So a portion of every purchase goes towards e1a.org. Encourage one another, thecookiebarnwaco.com. Winchester Ranch premium beard oil products contain unique scents that are unmatched in the marketplace. They only use natural, unfiltered, uncut oils to provide the most nourishing ingredients in your beard regime. So leave the big box beard oils for the hipsters because no self-respecting cowboy wants to work cattle smelling like a New Jersey nightclub. So whether it's AM Lumber, Outlaw, Trail Boss, or Whiskey Saddle, Winchester Ranch Beard Company has a scent for everyone. You can reach Winchester Ranch Beard Company at WinchesterRanchBeardCo.com. Once again, WinchesterRanchBeardCo.com. Welcome back to the Lifetimes Podcast. I'm your host, Lloyd Phillips. Uh, it's good to be back. I took a, a small break, and I apologize for that because there was no warning for the small break. It was just a thing that happened. So, you know, much much apologies, but I'm back now. Um, but I'm not sure how back I am, really. Um, about two weeks ago, I was sitting uh, in a church service, and the preacher said something like, hey, the most... Dangerous thing I do these days is go to sleep because I wake up, you know, hurting. And I remember him saying that because it's happened to me. You know, it's probably happened to a lot of people. Wake up and your shoulder's sore. You wake up and your your back hurts. Well, this morning I woke up. I woke up this morning. My knee feels like it's going to fall off. 
Now, for anybody that knows me, knows I look, I got ailments all the time. Uh, if you remember the show, however long ago, I got back problems. And I don't know if I have like just absolute back problems, but I did, right? It 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 went out, it went out on me. I was down on my back. <laughs> this is what I was. Uh, I got an aunt that always says, "I'm down on my back. I'm just down on my back." Anyway, so like that, there's random random ailments. So I literally wake up and my knee hurts, but it hurts like next level hurt. Like it hurts like I should have done something to to cause this kind of uh, sharp pain. And so as the day has progressed, as a matter of fact, walking up here to do this uh, this show. Uh, you know, in this local downtown office here, I, uh, I barely got up the steps. So uh, anyway, it's just weird that when, how do you get to the point to where you, you just get old and you wake up like that? And I think it'll go away. Like all these ailments go away, but like right now I'm limping and I'm going to limp for two weeks. And for those of you that don't know, it won't be two weeks. I'm sure it'll be fine. Like five days. Uh, you know, I started this, uh, I have an insurance company and then I also started this mowing business, right? Cause I always wanted to, I always wanted to have a mowing company. I don't know why. I mean, honestly, it's something I, I feel like I need, uh, I got a buddy, um, and, and he had bought several rent houses and he did it with just mowing yards. That's what he, that's how he would do it. And so he kind of inspired me where I'm like, you know, that's, I think that's what I want to do. Well, back to this ailment thing. Uh, when you have a yard mowing company and you're just starting, which means I'm mowing the yards is what that means. Um, you know, it'll really put your business out of commission if uh, if you wake up and your knee doesn't work. So you don't ever realize, you know, starting a business, uh, depending on what you start, uh, you better have a secondary plan if something doesn't work out. So I feel like in the mowing world, my knee needs to work. So uh, that's a that's an odd thing. But you know what should make it better, though? I was just thinking this. Um, have you heard of essential oils? Uh, you know, I, I know some people that sell it and, uh, if I told them that my knee hurt, they just try to whip up a concoction of lemongrass. You know, if you use spearmint lemongrass and infused with sesame oil, uh, and then you plug this thing in and you inhale it, it makes your knee pains go away. Like I, I the people, <laughs> I know some people that sell these things. And, uh, like they're, they're staring me in the face. Like they're serious. Like they're dead serious. Like, oh yeah, I've actually inhaled spearmint and <laughs> that's the only thing I know. You know, there's all kinds of oils, cinnamon oil, spearmint and lemongrass. It actually cured somebody's cancer in Texas. I saw it on a video at a conference and they said that, um, she's all the way better now. And she did it because she would plug that. The diffuser or infuser, I don't know what it is. I'm sure there's a difference between the two, and it's probably something that I shouldn't say out loud that I don't know, but I, I don't know. Uh, so I just inhale it, and, uh, yeah, it makes me feel way better. Uh, I actually broke two ribs the other day, and by inhaling the essential oils, the essential oils went to work right on my rib bone. There's some oils that you can mix, um, and it actually will heal broken ribs. So, but you have to get this special concoction. And they say that's what the natives have done for hundreds of years. And that's why they turned out fine. That's what people say about essential oils. So I just think if I can get, if I can just find a local essential oils uh, salesman 
salesperson, uh, I think that I could probably get this knee knocked out in about two days if I could just inhale, um, you know, a special blend of oils, rub it on there or, in, or ingest them or just breathe them in. Uh, speaking of essential oils, uh, was, uh, th- this thought just, what is the, what is the, the hand soap? They have different hand soaps, but they all smell the certain, certain way. It's the certain smell. I'd have to look it up, but it's like the most pungent odor. I, it, it doesn't come off your hands. It doesn't smell good. I think it's, it's actually really gross. <laughs> and so like, uh, Sometimes you go in people's bathrooms and that's the only soap they have because they're healthy soaps and, uh, you put it on and they suck and they smell and they don't work. It's pretty gross. So I'm like looking it up. They got a little, they got a little essential oil starter pack. I, there's like a thousand oils and I've only saying three cause I just feel like that's what everybody says, but they're like, Oh yeah, you got to use these. They're good for nausea. They're good for headaches. Um, they're good for congestion. They're not good for headaches. They give me a headache. Like some of those smells are so disgusting and you don't, they're like, Oh, you should mix these together. I don't want to mix those together because they, they here, they, here they are. <laughs> I swear. Look, if your foot's broke, if you just mix some lavender, some frankincense and lemon together, a little pe- uh, peppermint, you know, just for the nostrils, just for the cleansing of the nostrils, uh, it'll fix your foot. Oh, wait, you hurt your hand. How about a little rosemary and myrrh? And, and mix some germanium in there. That really helps me, I feel like. I, look, I, I realize um, I, I'm yards to make money. Uh, I'm selling insurance to make money. Uh, I do podcasts to make money. I'm just saying, <laughs> but I don't go to a conference and hear people say, like, guys, we got to really start pushing these oils and then give success stories I just honestly, I I truly believe, I'm not mouthing, I just truly believe that nobody got healed from mixing five different kinds of oils, making the most nauseous smell I could ever come up with, and then, uh, you know, you just plug it into the wall, and it fills your room full of these fancy smells, and then guess what? You're good. I always mix a little eucalyptus in my yin-yang. That is really good. Look. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's making money. I, it may be a thing. I don't know. Some people actually think they smell good. But I guess the problem is, uh, here I'm mouthing it, so I apologize if anybody's an essential oils salesperson. Uh, I'm actually not dogging you personally. I just think that, uh, you know, you can avoid doctors by using essential oils. Is That's like snake oil salesman. That's how I feel about it. Anyway, I'm sure I'll catch some flack from people I know, but... I'm not, I'm not a believer in the oils at all, like under any circumstance. Probably if I found one that smelled good, then, um, then I may like it. So I got my friend's wife sells these things. <laughs> she sells them and she's a, and if she's not a real believer, she, you, you don't know it. Like she's, she's selling it so good that you think she's a believer if she's not. So, so I got to say that she probably actually believes in it, but I, I tell her, I'm like, no, they smell horrible. Like, I don't, they smell terrible. I don't like them at all. Well, um, I would take a dab and, uh, it's cause she was like trying to get me to like, try this one, smell this one. And so she would, uh, open the top. I, I did this for like 50 oils. They all are gross. Like they all have, 
Like something's up with them. They all have the same kind of funky smell, even though it's like different kinds. It just has that. I I don't even know the right word. It's not it's not a stench. <laughs> um, I don't know. Something's up with it. I think they're mixing all these with whatever is the parent ingredient for essential oils, and it's just I can't get over the smell. They're they're all gross. So here's what makes me laugh. Um, I know I know somebody who sells these, and they say that they cure colds and the flu, help help the flu and help all this stuff. And uh, you know, this person was really selling them hard. You know, on Facebook, uh, daily updates. This is what I got. This is uh, you know whatever, and uh, <laughs> and. I found out her kids had the flu and, uh, I'm like, uh, Oh, what does that mean? Like you can't, these kids can't have the flu. They got, they got 12 diffusers in the house with 12 diffusers. There's flu can't even exist in a house with 12 diffusers. There's no way. I mean, we're talking about oiled out. Like you could smell oil in the streets. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they, they came down with the flu, but you couldn't tell anybody because, uh, the, the, the cat would be out of the bag. It would be all the way out of the bag. The cat is out of the bag. Turns out the oils maybe don't work. Maybe. Yeah, whatever. Uh, so anyway, so I've been mowing cause I just said, like I started this, it's kind of relaxing. Like I actually find it relaxing, which is weird. Cause you know, the ultimate goal is to, for you to not mow at all. Like that'd be like the goal, right? But I think, but I have fun. Like it's, it's relaxing probably because it's not hot to be honest. It's probably relaxing because the wind's been blowing like 40 miles an hour. Um, it's been overcast, like it's going to rain, but it hasn't actually rained. Uh, not, not hard anyway. And so it's like just relaxing time, but when summer hits, I don't think I want to do it. Look, we all know, I say it every show. Uh, We all know that I'm a little chubby, you know, just a little chubby. And, uh, I just feel like, um, when the, when the summer hits, when when the real mowing starts, this is like dream weather. This is pretend weather. This is unicorn mowing. I'm doing, I'm right now doing unicorn mowing. Uh, when the summer hits, uh, I may want to rethink this thing, you know, assuming I haven't had knee surgery at this point, but I already said I'll oil that thing out. I'm going to get it. I'll probably get a diffuser today. This, this knee will be healed up by noon, probably tomorrow. If I can, if I can just inhale enough of it, but yeah, that's, that's when the, that's when the real show starts. Uh, that's when the guys are like, okay, I wanted a mowing company, but this is stupid. Um, you, you separate yourself. I think that's, that's I think it's coming. I mean, Miles, I, I think that I'm still just at side note. I was about to tell you a story, but if you can hear a train in the background, look, I, I always say I'm outside of Tulsa. It depends on the episode. I say where I'm from. I, but can you hear the train? Look, I live in Claremore, Oklahoma. I'll get back to that other thought. I live in Claremore, Oklahoma. I Honestly, I, I like the place. Actually, the school district, Vertigris, is where I live. But I, I would live in Claremore. I, I would actually live in Claremore. Because, I, because I'm already here. Um, if I had a choice... Whenever I leave here, whenever I do leave this place, I'm never, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to ask where the nearest railroad is and I'm going to go 
as far away from that as I can go. There's a thousand trains a day. I don't. Um, I think without exaggeration, like no exaggeration. It seemed like I heard somebody say one day there's like 200 trains a day that come through here. I that could be high. I don't know, but I'm just like there is a lot of them. A lot of trains go through here, and you can't even get away from it. I, the other day, I thought I was in the woods. Like I literally thought I was in the country, but still in this in this general area. And I don't even realize. I'm so used to seeing train tracks that I don't even see. I don't even notice them. So I guess there were some train tracks right behind me, but I was literally in the middle of nowhere. It's a place I, I remember where I was at, but it, it's some place that was new to me. So I'm just sitting here, and then driving. To, oh yeah, I remember. I was driving down these back roads trying to find some house to mow that somebody wanted me to look at. So I'm like uh, uh, really focused on where the address is because I, I, I didn't know. And right behind me, a train, I thought a train hit me. Like I, I the, the blew the horn. He was just sitting there, I guess. So before he took off the tin. Well, the point is you can't get away from trains. If I, I'm, I never want to be near a train again. I'm not fascinated by trains. I remember like when I was a kid um, and I would go to my dad's work, you would there would be some railroad tracks that uh, the train would always cross and we would pull over and get out when the train would cross and wave at the people, uh, you know, who's driving the train to it, to this day. I don't know if it's a conductor or an engineer or a train driver. I don't know what you call them. Uh, whoever drives the train. I don't know which one of those guys drive the train, but we get out and wave at that guy. And so, and I remember like uh, we were kids and we loved it. I hate trains now. I don't like them at all. All day long, they just keep going. As a matter of fact, the train tracks that I would that we would stop and wave at the train when I was a kid, um, those were the same tracks. The story I told a long time ago. It, it was long enough ago. I guess I'll just retell it. But it was the time that a uh, highway patrol. <laughs> I was I was doing a hundred and four in a fifty five on this Lindsay Mays Bridge is what it's called. If, you know, you're back home. I know people have heard this story, but if, if you haven't, if you're new. So I was probably 17, 18 years old, and I was driving to the next town over, uh, which was this place called Pryor. I grew up in Locust Grove. And uh, I, I, I did 104 on Lindsay Mays Bridge. And uh, I passed a highway patrolman. I knew the highway patrolman couldn't turn around on the bridge. I knew that he would have to pass. He'd have to get off the bridge before he could U-turn. So I drove faster. Um, because I was thinking maybe he didn't see me. <laughs> There's nobody else on the road. We saw each other. Uh, so I like went faster and then I, and, and now for anybody's visual, um, for people that live in that area, uh, I, I made this turn by the golf course and I'm driving straight. Now this is before the days of a little tiny community called sportsman acres, uh, that has cops. And they pull everybody over now if you just go like three miles an hour over. At least that was the last reports I was getting. I've never been pulled over because I literally drive the speed limit because of this story. Uh, but when I'm driving straight, um, I, I got, I'm got i passing the golf course. I'm probably doing 120 at this point. There's only one way. There's only one way that I was going to get stopped. And I wasn't going to turn right because that's not the direction I was going anyway. So, uh, right past Sportsman's Acres. For anybody's visual around there, I wasn't going to turn right. I just was going to go. And the only way I could get stopped is if there was a train crossing the tracks. And I was about a mile away. I mean, I don't even, I barely even see the highway patrol. I'm like, this guy's not even, he, he's not even close to me. And uh, 
I see by Georgia Pacific a train, a train slow rolling the tracks right there where I was a kid, and I would always wave at the train. Same place that I, uh, such a place of happiness as a kid, as we would wave at the train drivers when they crossed the tracks or conductors, whatever they call themselves, uh, was also the also the same side of great pain. The side of great joy as a child was the side of great pain as as a almost adult. So I see the train slow rolling tracks. I'm like, no, 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 no. And uh, I had to stop. So I stopped because the train was crossing the tracks. And I, and I now at this point, at this point, I'm just a young kid driving fast. Uh, it's not an actual chase because I'm just driving fast. Maybe I just never slowed down after he passed me. Well, um, <laughs> so I'm looking in my rearview mirror. So I, the point is, is I'm not going to U-turn to go find that road I d- had just talked had just mentioned. So because if I do that, oh, it's an official chase. Well, right now I'm just acting like I didn't pay attention and didn't know he's behind me. And so, but he's he's coming up on me, and uh, and I'm just thinking, this is not going to be good. Like this is not going to be good at all. And he <laughs> turns out that same guy had pulled me over uh, two previous times. And so, like, he, he, uh, he, <laughs> uh, when, it, like, when he got out of the car, uh, he didn't get out. I know, I know most of you have heard the story, but I was, I was just rehashing because this was the side of the train tracks. And, like, he didn't even get out of the, he didn't have his gun out. He didn't tell me to get out of the car over a loudspeaker. He didn't shout commands from his door. He didn't ask for my license or registration. He literally race walked up to my door because he, he knew who I was. And I didn't know who he was until he got out. And then I was like, oh, gosh. And uh, he, he race walked up to my door. He hit my window. Like, he hit it hard enough for, like, I actually can't believe it didn't break. And, the, and then he motioned for me to go back to his car and just turned his back to me and race walked back to his car and slammed the door. So now I'm sitting in my car. <laughs> I'm sitting in my car, and he already walked back to his. And just the fact that he didn't tell me to roll the window down, he didn't say license registration, he didn't say any of that, and he hammered my door and he and he walked back to his car, motioned for me to get back. I assumed he was mad at that point. I mean, really, that was. I mean, there's more to the story. I'll just finish the story. So, so I get, so I get out and I go sit in the I, I go sit in the car and he's and he's looking at me and I can see him staring at me, but I'm looking straight ahead and uh, he's he's mad. I can like hear him breathing. Uh, it, but for him, it's because he wasn't chubby. Uh, mine's because I'm chubby. So I, I'm looking straight ahead, and uh, he said, <laughs> "He said, son, we got to stop meeting like this." And I said, trying to, I was like trying to lighten the mood, and I said, "Well, sir, you you initiated them all, and uh, like, but I wasn't being mad. I was actually trying to attempting to be funny, and uh, I, I don't know. He probably cussed me for five minutes, but back then you didn't like run and tell people. Like it wasn't you didn't <laughs> you're like." He cuts me out. No, I was gladly taking the cussing because at this point, I don't know if I'm in trouble yet. Like, he's not. So, it's like I'm cool with it. Like, I was like, I'll just sit here and get yelled at. Uh, if he lets me go, it's going to be awesome. Uh, and ultimately, the guy, um, well, <laughs> uh, okay. So, what he wrote was, after he yelled at me for a long time, he's like, I'm only writing this for 15 over. I'm not going to impound your car. I'm not taking you to jail. He's like, he's like, this is the luckiest day of your life. I better never see you again speeding, blah, blah, blah. I get the, you know, whatever. And he, so, he hands me the ticket, and he writes right in front of me. He's like, look, I'm writing this for 15 over. And in the comment or remark section, 
he wrote in gigantic letters as big as you could fill that space was doing 104 and he only wrote that so i would get yelled at by the judge who who would obviously see the guy cut me a break so i did i ended up with a lot of stuff i had community service probation i know most people have heard that story that's it that site right there at the train tracks is where that happened uh when i would wave at trains i got really sidetracked to tell you i hate trains uh, speaking of athletic days, by the way, I was uh, I went to a track meet the other day. My my junior high daughter had a track meet, and um, she plays soccer. So she's hasn't she hasn't been running track at all, but she runs cross country. Has a few years, so they wanted her to run some of the longer distance races, and um, and uh, she acted like her her foot hurt, you know. And as an adult who hasn't heard anything about her foot hurting. I'm like, ah, your foot's fine. Now, this isn't a story about, like, it's broke or anything. Um, I'll, I'll shorten this part. Uh, you know, but to be uh, a dad and to be a guy who uh, was athletic at, at one point, and you're, and you're like, you're fine. Like, get over it. You're fine. Like, you're not hurting. Because this is a fact for me. If I was hurt, I would still play hurt. Like, I would I would do that. Um, but I don't know what kind of hurt. Uh, we've diagnosed it uh, with plant, plantar fasciitis. That's probably the um we don't know we didn't take her to the doctor but that's roughly what it is it's that kind of pain if you know about it uh then that's why we did get her uh some rosemary mint uh spearmint ter- uh, uh cedar wood and cinnamon bark and she probably will liven up uh, really quick so anyway like i'm at this event and i see a bunch of people i know and i also see uh i see my friend Marnie. uh Marnie's there if you don't know, that's uh, that's Maggie and Ernie uh, together. I just came up with that just now, so I'm pretty proud of myself. Uh, my camera for the video uh, apparently it's full, and I don't have time to uh, to erase it, so there will be no video associated with this one. Otherwise, you would be able to see my smirk when I say Ernie because I I was proud of myself for coming up with that just now. Uh, so uh, Maggie and Ernie were there. Well, Ernie he's a he's a football coach and a track coach uh, at at. Uh, uh, well, I, yeah, I've already said all these towns. Outside of uh, Muskogee, or in Muskogee, Hilldale High School. So he was there running the um, the shot put. Uh, Ernie's not a small guy at all. He's, he's, not, he's completely not small. So uh, I stood there and watched him, and, I, and I've never actually st- stood, and I've never been around shot put ever in my life. Where I grew up, we didn't have track. Somebody the other day tried to tell me that we had track in high school, and uh, I don't listen. I don't want to argue. Uh, look, since I'm name dropping all day long, I don't want to argue, Mandy. But we didn't have track in high school. If we didn't have it, I grew up in Locust Grove. I know nobody ran track. I never heard of it. As a matter of fact, our track was asphalt. We had the worst track of any track ever made if, at anybody's track track and field field. We didn't have a track and field field. It was at the football field, and it was an asphalt track. The track sucks. Anyway, point is. So, uh, let's get back to Mernie. So, I go over there, and uh, I'm like, hey, what's up, guys? Um, I watch these kids compete, and I'm thinking about the shot put when I see it in the Olympics where they hold it by their head, and they do some spins, and then they throw it. Um, nobody's doing that. And the very first kid uh, here, I'm not going to name drop their kids, but there was a kid from a, a school <laughs> and the very first kid I watched go 
Remember, I'm thinking shot put. I'm thinking these guys do the spins, and then they throw. And I, I believe in the Olympics, I, I even think they yell. I think they yell when they throw. So, like, you, you, let's see him, I see him wind up and spin. No, 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 I'm sorry. He didn't do any of that. I see him stand up to the line, hold the ball by his head, and he just, uh, you got to picture this. He's got a ball on his face, facing forward, not even sideways. Not no extra umph, no no extra. Put your hips in it. He is he is looking straight ahead. His feet are straight ahead, and he throws the ball. I don't know, um, seven feet. I think he threw it seven feet. That's what I think. <laughs> I, I I've learned uh, at this thing. I think it has to be twenty five. I stood there long enough with Mernie. Uh, it has to go like twenty five feet to qualify, maybe, and. Uh, yeah, and so I don't know anything about it. I don't even know how heavy these balls are, but the other competitors for their age, they're kind of bigger kids for you know for their for their age. I think it was like seventh and eighth grade. So after so, oh, then I finally see some kids throw, and then and that's it. I, I basically I watched it all, and so he's tallying up the scores, and um, I don't know thirty nine whatever inch won it, thirty nine feet, however whatever the inch. And um, the balls were setting there. Now, I was fascinated because it was like the bowling alley. You know when you roll the bowling ball and then it comes back to you in the chute? Well, they got this thing designed. You know, it's like like gravity designed. They place the balls on the end. The guy's retrieving them out on the throwing triangle. It's <laughs> the first time I've ever been around this, so I don't know what it was called. But then they put the balls to shoot, it rolls back. So I'm seeing these three shiny balls that are looking at me. That 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 they want me to go. Um, some of the other kids did get up and they do these little fancy kicks. Uh, I saw a couple kids get up and then like do a spin, an actual spin throw, um, which was pretty impressive, especially compared to the first kid who literally grabbed the ball with his feet facing forward and just just pushed it out. That, since there's no video today, I'm gonna make the sound that it correlated to his throw where he is holding the ball by his face and he goes, meh, that's how he threw it. He went, meh, and it went uh, like seven feet. So these balls want me to throw it because what I know is this is an Olympic sport and, uh, you know, somebody like me, uh, real close to Olympian uh, kind of talent here. So I, uh, I pick up the ball and I, <laughs> I'm like, man, let me try this. And, uh, I don't know. I, I, I actually, I threw a couple cause I was just trying to figure out how to do it. And I was like fake kicking and all that. And so anyway, the last ball, I throw the ball and then, uh, Ernie, actually Ernie himself. Um, I throw it. He's like, uh, congratulations. Like, but real sarcastic. He's like, uh, congratulations, Lloyd. You just won the eighth grade shot put. <laughs> like yeah yeah that's the kind of talent i got i've won i'd have won this thing i don't even know how to do this game that's right kids i'll have you know this though um my shoulder didn't hurt from doing all those shot puts do you know why let me get this in. <laughs> let me get this in. do you know why my shoulder doesn't hurt after i do the shot put the shot put because um, i mixed a little cypress oregano uh eucalyptus and uh some grapefruit together mix that around uh in the infuser put that up by my head and it cured my shoulder in two hours so there's that uh listen guys i mean you, you might want to get on this train 
you might want to get on this train right now because if the world goes south and you can't get goods and services anymore, you know, because it's a complete meltdown, which you know, we probably are not extremely far from, uh, you will feel better knowing that you have an entire cabinet full of 48 different essential oils that you can rub together that cure a lot of different things. So I'm going to get off here. Look, everybody. Um, um, oh, yeah. Bring it up because I haven't been here in two weeks, and I apologize. Uh, Logan Webb sent him a, a text. I got to get this guy on here. This is the guy who invented the, the Sidewinder Punch. Uh, that's coming. And uh, if I didn't say it at the first of the video, I may have. Um, I think after about maybe episode 100, maybe even a little before, I'm about to change this format up. I'll always have a co-host on here. Um, put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. Love her, buddy. Uh, we'll see you.